So I'm speaking with uh, one of the most prominent in-demand composers working today, and one of, of course, one of my favorites. Uh, Brian Tyler is having a tremendous streak of blockbuster scores. Earlier this year, he scored Furious 7, which broke all sorts of uh, records, such as fastest to a billion dollars in gross, and just surpassed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 to become the fourth highest grossing film of all time. Which, of course, remains to be seen if it will last, because Brian's next film is Avengers Age of Ultron, as Brian continues his brilliant collaboration with Marvel. The film is out now, so by the time you're listening to this interview, who knows where it will stand on the charts, but I'm sure it'll be up there. But Brian, thanks again uh, so much for, <laughs> for chatting. It's such a pleasure to speak to uh, speak with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, so let's jump right into Furious 7. I know you've talked about it a bunch in other interviews, so hopefully I won't make you repeat yourself too much, but... Um, uh, work- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but working on that franchise has become, I mean, it's been kind of one of the, you know, high points of your career and you joined it, uh, with Tokyo Drift and, and you didn't score six, but at number seven, uh, how do you avoid franchise fatigue at, at number seven when you're working on the music? Um, you, you know, the, the thing about these things, they just, um, really have a life of their own, um, in, I find that, you know, I've always loved to do, um, you know, these franchise films, but at the same time, uh, they expand upon earlier themes. And that way, um, they act, they, despite being Fast and Furious movies, they've actually become um, somewhat more of... Um, kind of traditional scoring type of endeavors where you do it more along the lines of, um, you know, like uh, films like Harry Potter or, or, um, you know, know, uh, films have continuous themes, you know, Star Wars, whatever it might be. You know, because these characters have been developed over time um, like this. And I think that, uh, really, when we kind of reset things um, with the character of Brian and Mia coming back, and um, Letty and Dom and all these characters, um, that uh, we we needed to establish themes. Now, I had no idea that we would still be going at, at seven. Uh, right. <laughs> there's, there's there's no way to predict these things, um, and uh, the the fact is that. That as it goes, and as um, as these franchises expand, you have new characters, and you add them, and in a way that it it, it works as kind of a unified cohesive whole. But I, there there is there's always new stories, there's always new people, uh, old characters come back. Um, and it's, it's just a lot of fun to be able to go in there and, and modify things and take new characters, um, on full, full head and then, and then have the nostalgia about characters we already know and love. Right. Right. And so would you say that, um, uh, I mean, you haven't scored every single one, but would you say that you, that each of the scores is kind of part of like, I guess just a, you know, part of the fabric of the quilt, or would you say that each one is kind of self-contained you kind of start from scratch kind of each time? trying to make it its own thing? Um, I think, you know, uh, you, you, you want to do a little bit of both. You, you, you want to start from scratch in the sense that you're, you're approaching it as a new movie, right. but um, you, you need to 
uh, had that bridge thematically to the past. And there's been, you know, over over time, you know, in Diesel's character, Michelle Rodriguez's character, Paul Walker's, and Jordana Brewster's, and The Rock's character, and on and on. All, they all have characters. Right, right. And so you want to make sure that those are are um, are recognized. <laughs> but at the same time, you 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 know you want to make sure that you leave room to to grow and and do things in a different way as well. Like the action music, you always really want to kind of uh, turn that on its head, but still nod to the past. So it's like one foot in the old, one foot in the new. <laughs> And uh, you use a kind of a blend, you know, in this one, you know, and a lot of the scores use kind of a blend of sometimes orchestra and sometimes electronics to give it a modern edge, but still carry that kind of weight that an orchestra can bring. So when you're writing a hybrid score that kind of, or a track or a cue that kind of mixes both worlds, do you lay the orchestral foundation first and then pepper it with electronics or do you do the synthetic yeah. map first? No, it's, it's, it's funny. It goes in both directions. Um, sometimes, uh, it's a purely orchestral cue. I'll, I'll, I'll approach it from that perspective, and and then sometimes it's um, also uh, an orchestral cue that I write. I start writing as orchestra, and I there's a scene in particular in Furious Seven that I recall. It's kind of like um, Kurt Russell's character looking on the sun setting, and you have you have these strings, and it's, it was really intended to be kind of a cello based type of or cello section uh, lead and with violins kind of doing an antiphonal thing and, and a little bit of horns. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. I think that's right. But then right. Uh, there was a kind of this sort of acoustic electric sound that was kind of wispy in the background that I manipulated with electronics. And I oh, that might be cool in there. So put that in and then, then little by little, just little details got added in. And, and so that's in a way orchestra first. And then there were, there were some, there was a piece that I, on the mountaintop where, all these, you know, these cars come flying out of a plane and they land and and it becomes this chase on the mountainside. And, and for that, I really started with a kind of a rock breakdown, breakbeat slash, I don't know, uh, kind of drum and bass type of groove mm-hmm. and recorded bass. I played drums and did some guitars and did some electronics and some kind of vintage synth stuff. And then it was like, you know what, this is going to sound way better if it has orchestra on top of it. So then I, I went ahead and I, I wrote that on top of it. But pretty much by the time, it's not like there anything goes, it's all within the creation process. There, I don't think there's ever been a time where, on this movie at least, where you we've gone through and and kind of thought we finished a cue and I was like, okay, I'm really happy with this cue and I felt that I was done with it. And then later I think, oh, wait a minute, I want to add some... It, it's more kind of on concept. And then when we meet with the director, you know, um, right. he says, Hey man, why don't you do maybe a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. But in general, um, the concept at least stays true to how it began. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, of course this, this film was an emotional one because it was Paul Walker's uh, final performance. And you guys did such a tremendous job, you know, taking care of his character and the work he put into the franchise. And, and did you find it maybe more challenging to separate Brian, the character, and Paul, the man, in this one? Yeah, I mean, there was no separation in this this sense. The, the farewell to Paul, you know, we've worked with him for so many years, and, um, you know, it's been, gosh, it's been how long? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. It's been a long time, you know, 15 years of kind of having done, or for me, I think 13 or something like that, and, um, I've worked with him in a lot of different movies and he's a really nice guy and we all love him and, 
content. He was so, and he grew up in front of the, the the camera and so known for this role. He's most known for this role. And so when we were saying goodbye to him, and as you know, we wanted to be a tribute and we wanted to be a celebration of his life, but it was it was a farewell and in a way that was, um, you know, positive and, and uh, you know, just like he was as as a guy. I mean, like. Relentlessly positive is what kind of comes to mind with him, and, right. and such a such a cool, cool guy that, that cared about others more than he did himself. And so, you know, I think giving him the proper send off was to say, okay, let's celebrate his life here. And at the end, and of course, it is, it is, it, it was, wow, this is, this is saying goodbye to Paul and Brian at the same time because his, his character, being Brian, named Brian. Right. Um, when I was conducting that last piece, it was actually the last piece of the film, and it was the last piece I conducted. Sometimes you record out of order, um, you know, on films. But in this case, actually, the very last thing we recorded was his piece um, at the end of the movie, and I realized kind of conducting there, and set it to the orchestra, right as I got up to the podium, I said, okay, you know, everyone, I, this is Brian's theme, you know, for Paul's theme, essentially, and, and a lot of the players were in that room were the ones that played on it originally the first time it was recorded when I wrote it way back when. And so it's like, you know, this is the last time we're going to ever play this piece. You know, this is the last time we'll ever play this scene. So let's do it, do it well and give a nice send off to Paul. And, and, and that was that. So it was, it was an emotional thing for everyone. It was emotional time. And, um, I'm just glad that, you know, people, um, felt that it was a nice send off for him and a good tribute. I mean, you and the whole team did such a tremendous job, and it was, you know, it's exciting Thanks, to see, exciting to see the franchise continue and, and grow. I mean, I think number eight has been announced, so it's going to be awesome to see yeah. where you guys take yeah, I it. I thought Ben mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> so right. if, if you're if you're back for more, I can't wait. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. um, but uh, so let's chat about Avengers, this tiny film you did. Um, yeah, a little film, little independent film, you know, small, <laughs> modest budget, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's I mean one of the most anticipated movies of the year, and just you know another titan of a blockbuster uh, to your Marvel resume. But this time, you know, you had some help though with, uh, of course, the legendary Danny Elfman. Um, sure. So how did this arrangement come to be? Because you know, I think Danny kind of appeared late in the game. He just kind of appeared yeah. on, on the poster. Was it kind of just simply because <laughs> your post production schedules kind of mixed up with other films? I mean, do you? Yeah, you know, the way, it's funny, I guess the, the the best way to put this is, yeah, you know, when you're finishing up a film that's that big, you know, there was, was there was no rest for the weary. Um, there was definitely a lot to be right. uh, done, and it's a film that is constantly evolving, you know. So, um, you know, I, so there was, a, there was a time there at the end where we were both working on the film, you know, at the same time, which was cool. I'm, I'm a huge fan of games. Right. And, um, and, and, we, you know, so it, and it, it, you know, I, I was on the film for an, a, a very long time, but no matter how long you're on a, a film that's of that scope, um, with, with, uh, kind of, a, a, a director that is very ingenious and, and wants to keep improving and, and, and sculpting his film, it's, it's not a film that really ends necessarily on, exactly when you think it's going to end right. or or anything like that. It's, it's a continual process to the very end. So the good thing about it, I think well, a number of good things is that Danny's is great and, and he's, he's a legend. And, and also it, 
since we were <laughs> still continuing on. And I mean, I was working on the movie until, gosh, you know, we're talking about like the last possible second before <laughs> we, they had to ship the film. It's kind of like the film doesn't end. It just, right. just time runs out. You know? right. um, but it, everything really got done that we wanted it to get done. Um, but, um, uh, you know, the, the, the cool thing was that any of that stuff that, that, you know, there was music sometimes that, that, um, was bridged and, and he was certainly like in certain sections of the movie, you know, Danny appears. Right. And, and the cool thing was that we could, you know, I was still writing cues that would like, it was actually like, literally they would cross over, you know, and you watch the film. I don't, it's, it, it's different than the soundtrack in the sense that when you watch the film, I think it just kind of, I think the, what we're really happy with is that it just, blends together where literally there are times where both he and I are, are, you know, we overlap and, and there's a chord that goes into a chord of his and then it bridges back into mine. And then, you know, and, and it's so in that way, we didn't, we wanted to be really seamless because that was the, the number one important thing when you're on a crazy schedule like this. And, and when you're really trying to get things done, you want the best for the movie and, and you want to make sure everything fits seamlessly together. So hopefully that's how it comes across. I just I just saw it last night um, with the, the audience, just to kind of what is it like away from seeing it when we're just analyzing it, kind right, of involved, right, right. you know, and, um, you know, because because I'm always hypercritical when it's going and and but but seeing with the audience, it was like wow, I think people just really love the ride and and um, you know they came out of the theater really excited and and so. I felt that that was like, you know, okay, good uh, mission accomplished at least in, in, in that sense. And, and, and absolutely. Um, I saw it on Tuesday and I thought uh, the same oh, cool. thing. I, I thought the same thing. It was the score flowed so wonderfully together. And, and if, and oh, if, you, if you do listen to it on the soundtrack, you can, and that's the thing when I, and I think just not, not speaking and probably speaking for a lot of film music fans is that you and Danny are such strong auteurs in your field and you both have such distinct musical and narrative styles. And I'm, so everyone was like, well, this is going to be interesting. But I mean, right. Uh, so I'm sure he had to probably, because you were there first, I'm sure you laid the framework down. So he, he probably had yeah. to kind of adopt to your styles yeah. a little bit, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I've been working on it for forever. I was on it probably a year or something. Right. Um, but yeah, there's certainly, you know, obviously like Ultron, like, you know, and the theme had it kind of be, um, you know, melded into it and even a bit of Iron Man. And of course we, all the, some of the, the, the different thematic elements that also tied into something that I thought was really important, which is, um, giving a nod to Alan's music from the first one. And right, right, yeah. that, that, that was something that, you know, I've, I, in any endeavor that I go into, I always want to, you know, uh, have some, you know, as much continuity as possible. And in this way, I felt that, that because they really kind of wanted to reset the table with things at a certain point, um, you know, with the, the, the phases of the Marvel movies. And so we had Iron Man, and which is the theme that I did for that. And then Thor, appears that theme appears in there and then we have Captain America and and there's a bit of um Black Widow and then and then um it, and then it was a matter of I needed to you know get in there and write a bunch of new stuff which is you know you have Vision um and you have Ultron 
and you have Natasha and Banner's relationship theme that um, that is in there, and 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 there's there's some new elements, new characters, of course, that come along like any franchise. But it, I felt it was important as a as a team that you would you would harken back to um, Alan Silvestri's um, material, which I'm a huge fan of, right. and so it was great. You know, it's like you know, be able to, you know, wrote. Like you know, a ton of music, and it was like yeah. a really wild time, and and it was amazing to get out there and record and kind of go all the way through, and 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 I think it was one of the longest projects I've been on. But the, the other cool thing was to be able to have, you know, to be put in the mix with Alan Silvestri's you know, um, music and Danny Elfman's music too, um, making making their uh, contribution to it was. Fun to incorporate it, and, and also I got, it was just a lot of fun also to get in there and do my arrangements and conduct um, Alan's um, uh, kind of material, and which pops up um, at, at certain key parts um, of the film, which I don't want to reveal necessarily. Right, but right. <laughs> um, but you know, it, so I think there's just there's a lot there, and 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 uh i just hope people enjoy it oh yeah it's uh, i mean it's incredibly enjoyable and it's such it is a monster of, it's a monster of a score and um <laughs> uh but but do you find it challenging i mean do you or do you find it helpful or challenging talking about alan's theme you know when you and it's not the first time again we've talked about jumping into a franchise but uh not, and you use your own themes but this is someone else's theme so do you find it helpful or challenging when there is some bold pre-existing thematic material and the intention is to keep the continuity going i mean was there ever a time where you they thought about not using alan's theme and then maybe you were like it has to be there you do you really want it yeah to there's, be there? if, if there was if there's ever going to be um a discussion with you know there's different people have different opinions right, um right. about things um I'm definitely and always was on the side of wanting to <laughs> have continuity. Absolutely. Um, to, and, and, and this is something that goes all the way back for me, you know, to when I was brought on. I think the first time I was brought on to something that was pre-existing was Rambo. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, of course. And the idea for me of saying, you know, like, I, I, in that case, I think we really ought to use Jerry Goldsmith's theme that, in, that he wrote in there, do new arrangements of that, and, and kind of, evolve them in a way like the characters evolve, but also then of course we're going to have new themes too that I'm writing to, to take into account the new storyline, new characters, even maybe a new theme for one of the, you know, for in that case, Rambo. And and in the same way for me on um, any film, the final destination was another thing that I wanted to pay tribute to Shirley. Um, And, and in this case it was some, uh, you know, something that from day one I thought was a was a, a you know uh, an important aspect to what we were going to accomplish because I think people go into the theater wanting to see new stuff but also experience nostalgia for uh, from the first film and yes, um, yes, yeah. so yeah it, it's kind of like you know people land in different um, all over the map on their opinions of that I. I I definitely am of one, you know, <laughs> mindset. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm with you too because I know I, I spoke to John Ottman too, and he said one of the the biggest killers for him, uh, the biggest exciting <laughs> or the biggest exciting things for him when he came back to X Men was that he got to bring continuity back, and I think uh, it's something that's right. important for fans, for the for, not even a fan, just for the audience and the narrative. I think it's also kind of a pretty key point. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, um, and uh, it, it's it's it, it kind of what it does is it it does a nice way of for me blurring the line between I'm always going to be a music and movie fan, right. and the fact that I am that, but I happen to be writing music for movies with people, you know, that working with actors and directors that I really look up to and think are great. And then, you know, musicians that are fantastic, orchestras are fantastic. In this case, um, you know, a couple of composers that I grew up listening to. Well, I mean, I mean, the end, the end result, I mean, is it, it, it works. I mean, I don't, I think a lot of people were like, wow, this hey, is going to be interesting. And it, it does work. <laughs> it works. It <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, I mean, people are, I'm sure, going to be thrilled to, to enjoy it and take it in. But um, looking ahead, you know, we have uh, two two sequels coming up uh, that are part of movies that you've done. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has been announced, and so is uh, Now You See Me. Are you, can we expect you to continue on those franchises? Or is it not... Um, we say. have, uh, let's see, um, you, what was the first one you mentioned? Was it Fast and Furious? Teenage Mutant Ninja it? Turtles. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that's right. Um, and and uh, yeah. Now You See Me, that's right. Um, gosh, yeah, the um, yeah, my, my buddy uh, Jonathan Liebsman directed the, the first um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, um, and it's something that I've always, you know, uh, I, I kind of... Uh, I remember when he mentioned that he was going to be doing that. I was like, whoa, that's going to be a tough, you know, a tough movie to do, you know, because you're talking about something that's kind of crazy on the surface. It's, you know, it's, it's a live action movie about pizza eating, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a giant talking teenage turtles, you know, right. it's just, it's like, it's like, wow, it's really, and, and and I thought what he did really was he was able to pull off something that was like a nearly impossible feat. Um, and uh, so, you know, hopefully that in some way that, that, uh, that lives on what he's, what he's done, but I'm, I'm definitely kind of uh, connected with him as, as, as a director and we'll follow him wherever he goes. That's cool. um, and, That's cool. and then uh, now you, now you see me too is one that, um, that I am, uh, that I'm scoring, uh, and John Hughes directing that, and I love Louis Leterrier's how what he did with the first one, and this one's a lot of fun. It's a globe-trotting, crazy, wild one that's really funny and and has a really cool heist aspect to it. And Daniel Radcliffe added to the cast, and I think um, you know that that one is going to be uh, a, a blast for people to watch. And I get to kind of get my groove on and get you know do kind of that late 60s early 70s score that i, right. that I was i love the first one it was like a cool caper type thing i really enjoyed that one. <laughs> yeah yeah and i know there's uh just one last thing there's i don't know if this has would have any connection to you but i know that one of your fast and the furious directors uh justin lynn snagged a pretty awesome gig directing the next star trek any chance of a possible brian tyler star trek score in the future Oh man, I, I would love that to be, to be you know, it, it's, uh, Justin and I always try to work together for sure. There's another guy who's like one of my, my best buddies and, um, uh, and, uh, and, and it, as everyone in the universe knows, I'm a huge trekker. Right, right. Um, that would be amazing. and, and <laughs> that's, that's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll see with that as well. But, you know, I think, um, I really, that, that's one of those instances where I really, I think that Michael's done such a great job oh, fantastic. with everything. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 
it's pretty awesome. And, and I, you know, I feel it kind of is something that is in his, um, it, like it's it's been, been something that's hit. So it's a, it's almost like it's that's one of those movies a little bit of hit, his domain and my domain only because it's kind of like a director that I always work with. But right. at the same time, it's like really and and musically, you know, I, I just I want whatever's best for for that franchise. I, more than anything, I just want to see Trek like live on and <laughs> do well because I'm I'm always desperately trying to. Be the one. Like I've always thought, if I were a multi-billionaire, I would devote a good portion of <laughs> just my money just to just to take it, so I could continue on the TV series because I want to see what happens. Even I, like I'm so hardcore. Like I, that for me, like I, I wanted to see Voyager and Deep Space Nine and Enterprise, all of them to keep going. I want to know what happens with Janeway in the future and all that. <laughs> Um, so, so no matter what, like I'm supportive of, uh, of um, however uh, things go down, and um, and uh, and and regardless, um, for me, you know, Star Trek is is one of the great uh, all time um, uh, franchises. Uh, I mean, it's incomparable when you talk about the, the shows and the movies all added up together. So. Absolutely, um, and I and I, and yeah. I yeah, Michael Giacchino's scores are brilliant, but it would be pretty. Uh, yeah, uh, it would be yeah, pretty cool to see you connect really. with your with your direct with your director that you worked before. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> I know it. It is one of those things. Yeah, for sure. I um, you know, uh, uh, would would love to, but I but I uh, you know I, I want to be respectful of of uh, Michael's uh, um, franchise as well and, and and all that. So 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 um, you know, I, I just. I think whatever will happen, I think um, hopefully people will be will, will be happy with that movie as well because I think you know what's brewing in terms of that and, and the story and everything um, is really cool um, and uh, that's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, Brian, I always look forward to you know every upcoming project of yours. I really do appreciate the old school orchestral adventure you've been kind of infusing back into modern action with your style, and it's thank always, you. And it's always great chatting with you. So thanks so much for your time. You too, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon, hopefully. Enjoy the praise as all the, the box office stuff comes <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Walk to the theater. Yeah. Bye, everybody. All right. See Thanks. You.